What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Bitcoin and Markets. My name is Ansel Lindner, and today I'm going to go over a recent post on BitcoinandMarkets.com about affinity fraud, how crypto is just an affinity fraud on Bitcoin, and it has no real value in and of itself. Uh, so we're going to read through that. If you would like to become members, check out BitcoinandMarkets.com. You're seeing that on the screen. That's the home base for all of my content. You can see I've did publish a podcast yesterday. We have the price forecast competition. That's a monthly competition that we're doing for just the paid members over on BitcoinandMarkets.com. The winner each month gets $20 in sats via lightning. Um, that was a public forecast competition for a couple years, but now we have taken it to members only and uh, hopefully growing that, that fun community building competition. Of course, I had the Bitcoin Fundamentals Report and a couple other blog posts recently, The Coming Multipolar World, which I'll probably go into on another podcast here shortly. But today I wanted to take a look at crypto is an affinity fraud on Bitcoin. But before we do that, let's take a quick look at price because price is everything in Bitcoin. People don't like to say that. They think price is the most boring thing, but Price is the most important because if price consistently went down, no one would hold. No one would be interested in this. It has to be that price goes up over time in to enable people to hold it, at least steady. Okay, but uh, the, the option here is if price goes up or down and it has to go up in, in order to get worldwide adoption. And I'll, I'll say something else on this too. So Bitcoin is not ready right now for global adoption. And that's kind of a, it's, it's not a crazy opinion out there. Lots of people have said this, of course, Bitcoin will grow. But the main thing Bitcoin needs to do, because it's pretty much finished from a technical perspective. Yes, there's taps, Taproot and there's some other things that have recently come out. Of course, SegWit came out. Um, but for the most part, Bitcoin doesn't, well, first off, Bitcoin doesn't hard fork ever, but there are some soft forks which are backwards compatible. Anyway, Bitcoin technically is kind of a finished product. And the only thing that Bitcoin needs now is higher market cap, period. You can't, you can't put multi-trillion dollar bond markets using Bitcoin onto Bitcoin or whatever when it's only half a trillion dollar market cap. You need to expand the market cap in order to have the throughput of value. And Mark Andreessen, who I'm, I'm not super aligned with, but he said something years ago. It might've been like 2013 or 2014. And he said that, you know, Bitcoin, and Bitcoin was only like a hundred, maybe, maybe it was like a $5 billion market cap or something at the time. And he was like, yeah, Bitcoin just needs to expand because you can't fit trillion dollar markets onto a $5 billion asset. You know, it has to expand. So price is the only thing that matters. And what we see here yesterday, had a real nice green candle. We talked about this a little bit on Telegram this morning. Uh, real nice bullish engulfing candle here. Uh, got above this kind of zone right here that I'm detailing out, but now we're selling off again. So it, 
maybe I called it a micro leg down on Telegram this morning. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we see that again and we come down to something like, where's my arrow? They have recently changed up this stuff on, on TradingView. So maybe we come down here and then we bounce off and get up to that 31,000. Again, finishing this kind of ascending triangle or not ascending triangle, but uh, flat top triangle and with a breakout here in the near future. I'm still expecting a good rest of the year for Bitcoin. It's not like we've topped out for the year. Uh, we are extremely low on the volatility, both uh, for daily, weekly, monthly, all that stuff. Extremely low volatility. And in Bitcoin's history, like nine out of 10 times that breaks up. And the one, I'll show you the one that didn't do that. Let me take my, the one period that was very low volatility that did not obey this going up was right here in 2018, at the end of 2018, we had to blow off top at the end of 2017, the launch of Bitcoin futures on CME. And then we entered this period of extremely tight volatility for several months. It was, let's see, pretty much from September through the end of November, we went sideways. That is the only time in Bitcoin's history where we've had that low of volatility and then it broke down. But you can, you can just see that this was a continuation of uh, this, this whole uh, bear market. And somebody was trying to hold it here at 6,000 and couldn't quite hold it and it dropped down. But anyway, that's the only other time in Bitcoin's history where we've had low volatility and it actually broke down. So this period right now that we're seeing is extremely low volatility and it will most likely break up, but I will be watching that here very closely. Okay, let's go back to the website. Crypto is an affinity fraud on Bitcoin. In a recent post, I defined Ponzi and pyramid schemes. And you guys can go back and read that. Those, those posts, uh, I think it's important to know exactly what these types of schemes mean and how Bitcoin is not a Ponzi scheme and is not a pyramid scheme. Okay, a Ponzi scheme needs a Charles Ponzi. It needs a central player. Um, a pyramid scheme needs enlistment, like centralized enlistment of uh, sellers. Bitcoin doesn't have that. Bitcoin it doesn't have a centralized party that is enlisting people to sell things. And then the early adopters get a cut of new adopters, you know, the profit from new adopters. So th this isn't a, a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme. Bitcoin is not. So I, I wrote those, those recent posts to refute allegations made against Bitcoin by gold bugs and no coiners. While these schemes are not applicable to Bitcoin, they are present in a spectrum on all coins, AKA crypto. And you know, Bitcoin is not crypto and crypto is not Bitcoin. That's one thing we need to really push back on. Okay. In the light of the recent crackdown on fraud in crypto, it is important to repeat that Bitcoiners have what have Bitcoiners have been saying for 10 years now that crypto is not Bitcoin and Bitcoin is not crypto. Fraud is ramp rampant in all coins with one all encompassing fraud that serves as the foundation 
of the crypto space, enabling the entire spectrum of other scams to flourish. So there's a base layer scam that's going on, a fraud that's going on, and it allows for other things to be built on top, like Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes. And those things are very rampant in crypto. They're just not applicable to Bitcoin. They're uh, applicable to crypto. So uh, in this post, I will define affinity fraud and explain why it's a necessary part of crypto, but not Bitcoin. In doing so, I cover the topic of category error, meaning much of this post is about that topic as well. In the end, I hope to have convinced you that crypto cannot be anything other than a fraud and should not be in the same discussion with Bitcoin, except in the context of fraud, like phishing emails to marketing or, oh shit, or penny stocks to Dow Jones. All right, affinity fraud. According to investor.gov, affinity frauds target members of identifiable groups such as the elderly or religious or ethnic communities. The fraudster involved in affinity scams often are or pretend to be members of the group. They may enlist respected leaders from the group to spread the word about the scheme, convincing them it is legitimate and worthwhile. Many times, those leaders become unwitting victims of fraud they help to promote. These scams exploit the trust and friendship that exist in groups of people. Because of the tight-knit structure of many groups, outsiders may not know about the affinity scam. So this is an important aspect too. Outsiders may not know about the affinity scam. So no coiners don't really get it because they think, oh, they hear about blockchain or they hear about crypto and they don't get this kind of insider scam that's going on here. And that's the role of Bitcoiners because we are insiders that are not under this uh, spell of the affinity scheme. Okay, Victims may try to work things out within the group rather than notify authorities or pursue legal remedies. And you see this with the pushback against the SEC, right? Like, Bitcoiners that, like myself, who are not surprised by SEC crackdown, have been predicting the SEC crackdown, have been warning about the SEC crackdown. And then the SEC crackdown comes and I'm like, okay, I'm sane and I'm rational and good. We were right. That's seen as cheerleading for the SEC when it's not. There's, there is this internal push to keep things in-house. Like, let's work things out within the, within the community um, instead of involving the authorities. So I, I tend to agree with that on the most, most things. Of course, if you could design a perfect world, that's how we would want it to be. But this isn't a perfect world. And we, we have to realize that certain things in this world um, are the way they are, at least for the time being, at least for our lifetimes and probably our grandchildren's lifetimes, they will be a certain way. And we need to live in a rational world. We can't like disbelieve our own eyes and just hope for things to be different. We can work to make things different, but you can't just wish away the SEC. It's there. Better be decentralized. All right. I'd add to the above definition along with trust and friendship. So let's see. These scams ex exploit trust and friendship that exists in groups of people. So I'd add to that trust and friendship. They exploit shared ignorance of a subject. Altcoin projects and promoters target the undiscerning public who have heard about Bitcoin, but do not know enough to understand what it is. There are at least two parts 
to this target target demographic. First, those who are in, sorry, those who are in it to reproduce the gains of Bitcoin. They know nothing and care nothing about monetary economics or technical trade-offs. These are people who partake in MLM scams and click on the ads promising to make $1,000 a day passive income online. Both proprietors and victims of MLM scams are in this cohort. Also represented here is the modern high leverage YOLO speculator symbolized by the Wall Street Bets subreddit. And you guys all know that. The second and more important group in the crypto target demographic is the naive futurologist. And I didn't know exactly what to call these people. Uh, there's probably already a term out there that I just don't know, but these are the naive futurologists. Those who think the future is just a series of linear problem solving on a path to utopia. It's like socialists, right? They think, oh, we just have to solve the problem. And you see this in uh, Ethereum all the time, you know, and all coins in general is that they say, oh, this is just a technical problem. Okay. They don't even worry about like trade-offs. They don't worry about the economics of it. They don't try to under, it's not, they would never question their understanding of economics. They have this basic, simple, like middle school understanding of economics. And they think, oh, well, we can just solve the problems by building something. It's very trivial to solve this technically. Of course, it's trivial to solve a non-problem because you don't understand the problem here, people. So this is not a, the, the real world is not a series of linear problem solving on the path to utopia. Okay. It's way more complex. It's, it's not linear at all. There's, there's evolution and de-evolution kind of in societies and cycles and, and all of that stuff. We are not going towards a Star Trek future at this point, <laughs> uh, at least not for thousands of years, probably. To these folks, Bitcoin is the first iteration of its technology. And obviously there will be better coins in the future. We might call them tech progressives or tech Marxists, I don't know, uh, socialists. In the crypto affinity fraud, promoters and founders pretend to be part of this tech-savvy idealist group in order to smuggle in unnecessary money printing schemes. <laughs> so all of these problems that they say are trivial, I mean, they are trivial in a centralized way. But once you add in coins, once you add in tokens and tokenomics and all this stuff, it becomes very non-trivial. But they don't care about that. They pretend to be one of these uh, crypto bros that, you know, we're building the future. We're making, this is innovation, guys. We're building the future. All we need to do is print a billion tokens. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's silly. And that's where they hide. Uh, these promoters and founders, they hide there. Um, they tell people Bitcoin is old tech and their new thing is like Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin is a key phrase here. But better or solve some pain point, Bitcoin cannot. You just have to get in now buying the tokens they are printing. Allcoin projects and promoters use terminology like blockchain, ledger, decentralized, or cryptocurrency which almost no one understands. I wrote the Bitcoin dictionary in part to help combat the misuse of many of these terms. If you guys don't know, 2020, I came out with uh, the Bitcoin dictionary. I still intend to create a new edition. 
Uh, there's a couple of not flaws, but my understanding of these words have evolved and I want to put them out there as well as add more, more terms. Maybe that'll come in the next couple of years. There are two layers to the affinity fraud claims that altcoins are like Bitcoin because of blockchain or cryptography or some other nebulous term and the scammers themselves pretending to be utopian tech progressives when in fact they just want to scam people. Motivations are hard to prove. Scammers and fraudsters carefully built a category error to provide plausible deniability. They can claim their detractors, and that's misspelled, uh, they can claim their detractors are toxic and biased, but the proof is in the pudding. Crypto projects have never delivered on their claims. All they've done is pump and dump. The whole crypto scheme relies on placing scam coins alongside Bitcoin in a false category. Once we break that fallacy, the scammers have nowhere to hide. So then I go into the category mistake or category error. So the crypto affinity fraud is enabled by the promotion of a category error, which is a logical fallacy that occurs when a speaker, knowingly or not, confuses the properties of the whole with the properties of a part. It contains the fallacy of composition, assuming the whole has the properties of the part, and the fallacy of division, assuming the part has the properties of the whole. And I got that from Rational Wiki. A couple examples of a category error are as follows. One, birds can fly. So feathers, bones, and muscles can fly. Technically, a fallacy of composition, deriving the properties of the part from the properties of the whole. The reverse is also an error, assuming the bird cannot fly because feathers, bones, and muscles individually cannot fly. This is pervasive in crypto, e.g., blockchain or any technology makes Bitcoin valuable. So see, they're taking one technology, the technology behind Bitcoin. That is what allows Bitcoin to fly. All right. Blockchain allows Bitcoin to fly. So blockchain can allow Ethereum to fly or DLT technology to fly or CBDCs based on DLT. So it just gets perverted over and over again. All right. No. Blockchain doesn't do anything. <laughs> blockchain does not allow Bitcoin to fly just like bones don't allow birds to fly. It's part of the whole. All right. It completely disregards the extremely complex relationship between all Bitcoin's building blocks and reduces them to parts to imitate and to hide within a category error. Any business, number two, any business is viable as long as it has a cafeteria. Because Fortune 500 companies have cafeterias on their campuses. Here, you are taking a shared property and extrapolating a higher category. You are creating a category based on a shared characteristic that doesn't make sense. Things with a cafeteria is a category we can make, but it is not a property of what makes a company successful. Or we could use bathrooms too, you know. Things with the bathroom is a category we can make, but it, you can't say that a successful company with a bathroom is like a failing company with a bathroom or whatever, you know. Uh, it's laughable to say that because some company has a cafeteria, you should buy their stock and wait to see if they become successful. That's what they tell you with crypto. You have to 
you know, just buy it, guys. The ICO launched. Look at all these claims. We have all these claims by the ICO. We have all these claims. Ethereum will one day be finished and be ultrasound money or whatever um, be usable. <laughs> that uh, Just buy our claims because blockchain and wait and see. So I'll, I'll read that sentence one more time. It is laughable to say that because some company has a cafeteria, you should buy their stock and wait to see if they become successful. Yet, this is what we were asked to do with blockchain and crypto. It's absurd. We don't need to wait and see if a use case of blockchain is legitimate, if we understand what a blockchain is. See, they're hiding under a purposeful, nebulous term like blockchain. But if you understand what blockchain is, you don't have to wait and see if it's legitimate because you already know. And then you're called toxic. Same with decentralization and cryptography. These are just buzzwords that very few people understand. But the scammers and the fraudsters will argue that Bitcoin is valuable. Therefore, if something is like Bitcoin, we should give it time to develop. We don't want to drive innovation offshore, guys. <laughs> we don't want to uh, crush the crypto industry here in the United States. We need it time, give it time to develop. This is just, these are arguments from either ignorance or maliciousness. They're not arguments from understanding. All right. Suggest replacing that time with knowledge. Oh, you're a toxic maximalist. Category mistake was a coin termed in 1949 by Gilbert Ryle when he pointed out an error in Cartesian mind-body dualism. Descartes claimed the mind and body were separate entities with a causal relationship. That was the standard in philosophy for hundreds of years. Ryle asked, what is the nature of these causes? So the cause between the mind, how does the mind move the body? What is the cause, causal relationship here? If they are mental, so if they are part of the mind, i.e. non-spatial, non-physical, then they can't physically move the body. If they are purely physical, they cannot be moved by the mind. Ryle made the claim that the mind is not the same category as the body. Or more precisely, that the mind was emergent from a certain collection of physical things and therefore didn't belong in the category with those physical things. Another example that Gilbert Ryle used is perfectly applicable to the crypto Bitcoin category problem, that of a university. A person came to tour a university, and I think I talked about this on Monday, right? A person came to tour a university and was shown the library, buildings, cafeteria, and dorms. At the end of the tour, the person asked when they would see the university. Their mistake was lumping the university in with the category of things that make up a university. It is the unique combination of mission, faculty, and organization of the components that make a institution a university. It is not defined by having any particular attribute like buildings, students, dorms, lawns, or library. So it's not... Students, I guess, are necessary but not sufficient, right? Buildings in today's day and age, not really necessary even, but not necessary but not sufficient in, in 
the traditional sense. Same with dorms, lawns, library. These are all things that kind of make up a university, but they they're not def- they don't define what a university is, and especially not only one of those things. So all you have is a s- students. You could say you're a school, but not necessarily a university, right? Okay, easy enough for tangible properties and well-known institutions. But the crypto category error is due to the use of terminology people do not understand. What is a blockchain? How and why do you maintain a distributed consensus? This is precisely why it seems plausible to lump altcoins in with Bitcoin and doesn't strike us immediately as absurd. So in the kind of, I guess, some of the literature uh, for category error, they talk about uh, a category error is going to be immediately obvious, just like the the university one above when we were talking about uh, when are we going to see the university? That is obviously strikes you as a category error right away. But what if you don't know what a library is? What if you don't know what a dorm is? What if you don't even know what a university is? And the it won't immediately strike you as absurd, especially if one of the things is pumping or the things are pumping, then it's not going to immediately strike you as, as absurd. Someone might say, my project works because it has a blockchain like Bitcoin. And I should have bolded that because I tried to bold all the like Bitcoins, um, which most people have no idea what that means. So the general public accepts it. However, if someone were to say, my business idea will work because we have professional letterhead like Goldman Sachs, you would instantly think that an absurd statement. Bitcoin is like the university. Uh, And I mean this in a very general like sense. It is a unique and complex balance of components. And merely because a project shares one of those components does not make it like Bitcoin any more than a place with a library makes it a viable university. A rebuttal at this stage might be, but there are many things that Solana and Bitcoin have in common, not just a blockchain. They have tokens, they are software protocols, etc. A Ponzi scheme has investors, operating expenses, profit, a founder, perhaps employees, all things that a legitimate business has. However, they have obvious categorical differences between them, just like Bitcoin and Solana have a blockchain, tokens, nodes, software, and developers. They have categorical differences between them. In the case of a Ponzi versus a legit business, there is only one huge difference, the source of revenue and returns for investors. One is sustainable long-term, sorry, one is a sustainable long-term wealth producing entity and the other is not. Solana and Bitcoin have many more differences than a Ponzi and a legit business. They are decentralization. That's a big difference. Censorship resistance, distribution, robustness, and independence of the code, goal, amongst others. So Bitcoin and Solana are way different than a Ponzi and a legit business. Okay, so what is Bitcoin? It's not easy to list the necessary and sufficient components. Bitcoin is a collection of things, a protocol, Nodes, proof of work, miners, mining equipment, a token, token holders, speculators, freedom advocates, different communities of programmers, sound money advocates, academics, economists, speculators, fierce but nonviolent crypto anarchists, etc., etc., etc. 
It is the free market around all these components. The defining factor is not blockchain. I mean, imagine taking all that and condensing it into blockchain. That's what matters. All right. What is crypto? I searched for a definition of crypto, but couldn't find a concise or comprehensive definition. Almost universally, they are for cryptocurrency. So yeah, crypto is thrown around crypto, crypto, crypto. But when you try to find a definition for crypto, you... Uh, 99 out of 100 of those search results are going to be for cryptocurrency, not crypto. So there's something wrong. If you can't, if this is a common term that people use and you can't find a quick definition for it, right? So cryptocurrency. Crypto, this is from Decrypt, and this is just kind of a, a good one that I found. Uh, it was like in the top maybe five search results. Uh, cryptocurrencies are digital tokens that use cryptography for their creation and security. Bitcoin was the first, but thousands more have come. All right. It's not a definition of crypto. It's cryptocurrencies, but we'll go with that. So do you see the category error? Digital tokens that use cryptography does not describe Bitcoin. It describes necessary but not sufficient properties of Bitcoin. Those things without a fair launch, proof of work, censorship resistant, completely independent monetary policy, etc., wrongly claim kinship with Bitcoin. Digital tokens using cryptography were around long before Bitcoin. The second half of the definition is also extremely problematic. What is meant by, quote, creation and security? So let me read this definition again. Cryptocurrencies are digital tokens that use cryptography for their creation and security. So what is meant by that? Solely dependent on cryptography. A little input from the founding team. What? The sad fact is that almost no one can give a definition for crypto that matches with the range of products and services in the real world labeled as such. Some examples. Ripple was all minted prior to launch. So its creation did not use cryptography and it is secured by a central party. And yes, they probably have passwords and keys that use cryptography, but is that what is meant? Is Ripple part of crypto? So its creation and security is not dependent on cryptography, right? Is, crypt is Ripple part of crypto? And I, I bet 99% of people would say, Ripple is part of crypto. Ethereum had a pre-mine too. Coins created prior to launch and present in the Genesis block. To this day, 60% of Ethereum supply, that's 72 million of the total 120 million, is from the initial pre-mine. Ethereum security is also not independent or solely reliant on cryptography. Famously, in the DAO hack, a central group of developers clawed back coins that were acquired using that cryptographic security. So I, I kind of switched this around because the DAO hack is commonly known as uh, when the exploit happened, but the that exploit happened within the independent cryptographic rules of security. What wasn't within the independent world of cryptography and security of the Ethereum network was the white hack hack when they stole that money back you know the hacker 
used the rules of the system. They used the cryptographic security of the system. It was the white hat hackers that did a, uh, what was it, non-standard block transition or whatever they called it. That was the hack. So you can see that the, the security is not independent. It's not based on cryptography. It's based on the Ethereum Foundation. So uh, is Ethereum part of crypto? They had a pre-mine and they had a non-standard block transition. Are they part of crypto? Passwords and secured hypertext or HTTPS literally use cryptography and tokens. They existed long before Bitcoin. Are they part of crypto? Non-fungible tokens use cryptography for their creation and security, but they don't uh, actually like tokenize physical goods or even digital goods. They don't tokenize those things. Uh, the NFT is just the token that's separate from the thing it's supposed to be tokenized. I hope you guys understand that. If you, I know the regular listeners to this show understand that, but uh, NFTs do not actually tokenize the thing they're supposed to tokenize. They are just a digital signature. That's it. Um, but they do use cryptography for their creation and security, but don't have a native blockchain per se, or network, or even a protocol. They also existed in form before Bitcoin. Are they part of crypto? Can you see the problem? Because these things involve a blockchain, use cryptography and tokens. They claim affiliation with a, and, uh, sorry, affiliation with and derivation from Bitcoin. Why claim this affinity to Bitcoin when all these things predate Bitcoin? Because Bitcoin has market value and they want to put themselves in that orbit. They want to commit the affinity fraud. They want to claim affinity to Bitcoin. I like this one from the New York Times. So we're still on a definition of crypto. These days, crypto usually refers to the entire universe of technologies that involve blockchains. The distributed ledger systems that power digital currencies like Bitcoin, but also serve as the base layer for technology. Uh, of technology for things like NFTs, Web3 applications, and DeFi trading protocols. I mean, that's, there's so many things wrong with that, guys. Um, the entire universe of technologies is a good way to put it. So I do like this first, the entire universe of technologies. Notice the reliance on Bitcoin once again. So like Bitcoin, like Bitcoin. They can't talk about this stuff unless they say like Bitcoin, because if they don't say like Bitcoin, it has no affinity to anything of value that would give it value. It has to be like Bitcoin. The rest of that definition is circular. Crypto involves blockchains used for digital currencies, NFTs, Web3, DeFi, that are defined by their use of blockchain. <laughs> uh, so crypto involves blockchain used for digital currencies and all those other things that use blockchain. What is that? Oh, it's like Bitcoin. The circularity only, uh, the circularity can only end there. They do not have to go into any details because like Bitcoin is enough. What is blockchain? What do NFTs and DeFi have in common 
that make them crypto. The problem here is the category of like Bitcoin is completely fictitious, just like the category of places with a cafeteria do not make them universities. Here is another definition from Coursera. So we're still on the definition of crypto. Cryptocurrency or crypto is a digital payment platform that eliminates the need to carry physical money. It exists only in digital form. And although people mainly use it for online transactions, you can make some physical purchases. Unlike traditional money printed only by the government, several companies sell cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrencies are fungible, meaning the value remains the same when bought, sold, or traded. Cryptocurrency isn't the same as non-fungible tokens with variable values. For example, $1 in crypto will always be $1, whereas the value of the NFT dollar depends on the digital asset it's attached to. Oh, God, that's hard to get through. Finally, we get a definition without a reference to Bitcoin. So good on Coursera for not involving Bitcoin in the definition. But that leaves them flapping in the wind and not making sense. (laughs) That's true. If they don't ground it in Bitcoin, you get this gobbledygook here at the end where they're talking about one crypto dollar is one dollar where an NFT dollar is not a digital asset. I mean, it's just garbage, right? So if they don't ground it in Bitcoin, it leaves them flapping in the wind and not making sense. Also, notice they are equating cryptocurrency with crypto, which is not what we find in reality. So cryptocurrency or crypto. So they're equating those terms. But we don't equate them in reality. You know, like the uh, Ethereum Foundation, are they part of crypto? Yes, but they're not a cryptocurrency. They they are centrally in control of a cryptocurrency, but they are not the cryptocurrency itself, but they are part of crypto. So cryptocurrency or crypto, th- those are two things that, sh- that are not the same, right? Um, so they're equating cryptocurrency with crypto, which is not what we find in reality. The first sentence calls it a platform. While the first sentence in the second paragraph refers to it as a token on a platform. So cryptocurrency crypto is a digital payment platform. All right. And then the next paragraph, cryptocurrencies are fungible, meaning the value remains the same, bought, sold, traded. So they're fungible. So a platform is not fungible, right? The tokens on the platform are fungible. So this is equating a platform and the token. Um, yeah, so that's what I was pointing out here. You can see the conflation of a universe of technologies and the tokens. Coursera also does not consider NFTs part of crypto. And they use some confusing example that doesn't make much sense, to be honest. How many people would consider NFTs not part of crypto? I don't know anybody, 100 out of 100, 999 out of 1,000 would consider NFTs part of crypto, all right, but Coursera doesn't. Okay, according to Coursera's definition, crypto fits perfectly into a category with other previously existing technologies prior to Bitcoin. 
according to it, we could say crypto is derived from PayPal. PayPal existed before Bitcoin. And nothing in this definition is like keeping it from being a derivative of PayPal instead of a derivative of Bitcoin. PayPal uses crypto tokens, you know, HTTPS. Using the secure connection, that uses cryptography and tokens. Literally, they're called tokens in their secure messages used for digital payments and some uh, physical transactions in physical. That's wrong. Um, Yeah, so you can use PayPal at cash registers and stuff sometimes, but I don't see it all that often, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't. I probably don't, I don't live in like a very dense urban center. So maybe in those places you'd have more access to PayPal at at a POS system, but it's not very common from, is my understanding. So yeah, but you can make some physical transactions using your digital payments with PayPal that uses crypto tokens. Um. And these physical transactions and $1 in PayPal dollars is always $1, (laughs) Uh, which uses their confusing arguments against them, right? In other words, Ethereum is like PayPal, not like Bitcoin, according to Coursera. That probably doesn't work for most crypto or most people in crypto. I hope you can see the confusion in simply trying to define what crypto is without building a fraudulent category in order to stop circular reasoning. Therefore, the best and shortest definition of crypto is a claim to be like Bitcoin, period. Like if you ask what a definition of crypto is, you just say it's like Bitcoin and that's all you need. Anything else is devolves into circular reasoning and, uh, idiocracy and not making sense okay not worthless fraudulent being uh, in a fraudulent category doesn't necessarily make something worthless and i do not say that all coins are worthless in the opening of this post i likened all coins to phishing emails and penny stocks these things are not worthless they serve their purpose and profit from uh, to profit from fraud blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I'm tripped over those words. These things are not worthless. They serve their purpose to profit from fraud. Altcoins claim extraordinary valuations based on the false categorization of being like Bitcoin. They do not claim their valuations based on their individual or immutable characteristics as Bitcoin does. Ask a crypto bro, why do you need a blockchain for that? They'll dismiss you by calling you a maximalist. If they truly dig into it, considering all the ways crypto is centralized, unfinished, and censorable, they'd have to conclude that these projects are like any other centralized business, except they claim affinity to Bitcoin instead of PayPal. Okay, overcoming affinity fraud. And I thought I had my definition in here. I must have edited that out. Yeah, I probably did. All right, overcoming affinity fraud. I do not blame the victims of this affinity fraud. When you 
first come into the space prior to knowing much about the technology and being exposed to the loudest influencers whom are always, or sorry, almost universally promoting this fraud, the crypto category seems pretty straightforward and logical. When I came into the space, I learned a cursory amount about how distributed consensus works, and my imagination flew to different ways to use the technology. The fraud is purposefully enhanced. Oh, sorry. The fraud is purposefully enhancing that initial misunderstanding as a way to get people into the myriad of schemes described above. Instead of promoting education, they promote ICOs or tokens. The education that is promoted by these people is selling a dream, not cold, hard economics. I'm specifically thinking about Coinbase's educational videos here. Crypto is a reinforced category error used to hide the obvious scam-like nature of altcoins. One way we know that this is happening is because people tend to learn more, or sorry, tend to lean more towards Bitcoin maximalism the longer they're exposed to the space unless you make money off the scams. Okay. Uh, like you're, you're a promoter of the scams and you dump on people, then you're not going to learn your lesson. But people that are, most of the time, um, people will become more Bitcoin maximalist the longer they're in the space. The good news is if left to our own devices, many people will escape the affinity fraud with enough time. Unfortunately, that also involves learning through pain and financial loss. After a few years of being interested in the space, you will experience a market cycle of failed crypto promises from altcoin promoters. You will realize that they are not one of us, and instead they are running a scam. We learn through experience that Bitcoin is unique and the category error starts to sink in. This works for 50% or more of people in my experience. However, some people are so bought into their illusion that they will go down with the ship. It's a beautiful property of the market that people who get wrecked also lower the influence of their opinions and promotion. In other words, category error cannot be as easily promulgated through failure. Then there are the scammers themselves, the altcoin promoters who understand they are running a scheme. They can spot these, we can spot these people easily. They are the ones who, after several cycles of promoting this fraud and their followers getting wrecked, they are still relatively wealthy and influential. They also disdain and fight open debate with people trying to break the fraud, often calling them toxic, closed-minded, or shaming them for not being inclusive. We really cannot do anything in their case other than not be surprised when they run afoul of the authorities or, and I do not support this, a victim of their scam. Another great natural defense is the natural shrinking of the pool of the most vulnerable and gullible targets of this fraud, similar to diminishing marginal returns. Each cycle, there will be fewer in the target audience that have not gone bankrupt in the prior cycle. Eventually, the whole affinity fraud or category error itself will run out of people in the target demographic. That's when they slightly change the marketing to perhaps get the same suckers to invest a second time. 
but there is, you know, they, they bleed their victims. And then some of them become Bitcoin maximalists. Um, some of them refuse to learn and they bleed their victims again, right? So there, there is a natural diminishing marginal returns to these scams. Um, so there is that. A third natural defense is the evangel uh, evangelist zeal. Is that the right word, evangelist? Uh, a third natural defense defense is the evangelist zeal many get after being burned by crypto scams just like when we find out geez just like when we find bitcoin for the first time and we want to tell everyone about it these people will naturally want to become activists against altcoins so there are three natural forces helping us fight this fraud one getting burned yourself lowers your ability to get back in on the next cycle and it lowers your influence the potential target market that hasn't been a victim gets smaller each cycle. And once you've been burned, you want to tell everyone about it. What can Bitcoiners do? Drive home the fact that Bitcoin is not crypto. This is a fake category used to hide obvious malicious behavior. And this is very good right now with the SEC and you know the controversy with Coinbase saying, Everything but Bitcoin is a security. Drop everything but Bitcoin. And this, you could just replace crypto with security. Bitcoin is not crypto. Crypto is a security. That's what we should, you know, you could make that into some sort of meme. That crypto is a security and you know, Bitcoin is not crypto. Just because it uses a blockchain does not make it like Bitcoin any more than building with a bathroom is like a university to be able to briefly explain the parts of bitcoin can uh, how the parts geez louise be able to briefly explain why the parts of bitcoin cannot be separated the pieces all rely on each other if it doesn't have everything together it's just another app lying about affinity with bitcoin bitcoin's censorship resistance comes from decentralization which is enabled by a fair launch and proof of work, which is incentivized by a block reward in a native asset that is used in censorship resistant transactions. So it's circular. Um, and here I showed this one through seven here is like a circular step that you can take them through. A new money is required because you can't use dollars. Dollars can be shut down by the government, right? By banks or whatever. So you have to have a new asset, a new money. But that requires robust monetary properties. You can't just have um, any willy-nilly monetary property that can be changed constantly. You have to have robust monetary properties requiring decentralization. So you cannot change those monetary properties. And that requires distributed consensus because you can't keep decentralization without having distributed consensus, which requires blockchain or a blockchain, I should have said, distributed consensus actually results in a blockchain. Um, a blockchain is just like the uh, remnant of a functioning distributed consensus. So, but that requires a blockchain and a blockchain is non-gameable appending of transactions. And that requires a block reward, which requires new money back to the top. So it's a circular definition here or a circular step function that Bitcoin is this holistic whole, 
a holistic scheme. And anything other than this is not like Bitcoin. Okay. The parts build on each other, are dependent on each other and circular, but not, but only makes sense for the goal of mitigating reliance on a central party. So you have to have the goal of mitigating trusted third parties, censorship resistance. If that's not your goal, then this whole scheme that Bitcoin has, the circular interdependent parts, don't make sense. It's holistic and cannot be diminished to one technology. At the most fundamental level, the property that makes Bitcoin unique is the lack of central party or trusted third party in Bitcoin jargon. It's not digital tokens, blockchain, or cryptography that are new and defined Bitcoin's category. It is the complete and complex structure of Bitcoin that enables it to have no central party. Just think about all altcoins. They all have a central party that launches it. They have founders. They have a VCs buying in early and dump, pumping, dumping it on you. You know, you have everything else has central parties, but Bitcoin. And people will complain, oh, what about Blockstream and all this? I mean, you can still run an original Satoshi client. So there's nobody in, in charge here. All right. All altcoin promises can be done more efficiently without the pretense to decentralization. Ask very basic questions and press them. So this is, sorry, uh, what can Bitcoiners do? Because there are these three natural forces, like I said, the three natural forces that are helping uh, overcome affinity fraud. But what can Bitcoiners do? Well, they can know these things inside and out. They can know how to describe how all of the internal parts rely on each other and require each other. They're interdependent and they have a specific goal to mitigate trusted third parties, right? All of this stuff is a whole. But then the next thing I go into is um, ask some very basic questions about these altcoins. So why do you need a blockchain? They should be able to answer that. That's, I mean, if blockchain is what makes them like Bitcoin and what makes them actually viable, they should be able to tell you instantly why they need a blockchain, right? And this goes back to Bitcoin Uncensored. They asked the question, what is a blockchain? So this is very similar to that. But it's still an extremely important question to ask. Why do you need a blockchain? Very, very simple. And they won't be able to answer it. What benefit outweighs the massive cost of decentralization? So a lot of times people think that decentralization is efficient. There's only a couple cases for that. And one is like bandwidth. So if you like think about Netflix and everyone's trying to stream movies from Netflix, you don't want to have one central party or one central storage facility where all those movies are stored and they're streamed out from that one place. You want to have distributed uh, sources for streaming, right? So this, the bandwidth is important in that discussion and why decentralization or distributed networks can be good. Um, but in other cases, decentralization is not good. It's very expensive. Think about how expensive it is to have all of those different um, facilities all around. 
what I'm lost the term data centers. So it's, it's expensive to have all those data centers around. And if you could have it centralized, it would be cheaper. Decentralization is expensive. And if you have to have a decentralized consensus, like it doesn't really matter for like say Netflix or some uh, Facebook, if they have super high efficiency consensus, but it does for money, it does for Bitcoin. And so these decentralization is expensive and hard to do. So they have to have some benefit that outweighs the massive cost of decentralization. And they'll probably give you their elevator pitch here, but that needs to, you need to be able to tell them why decentralization, it would be better. Like once they give you their elevator pitch, then you say, why can't this be done centralized? (laughs) You know? So elevator pitch is the answer to this one. And then why can't this be done centralized? And they'll be like, do, 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 do blockchain because decentralization is good. Uh, who are trying to censor these types of transactions? Because remember, we said censorship resistance was the main reason for decentralization for Bitcoin. Um, why do you need a separate token instead of using layer two Bitcoin? Why can't you build this on a element sidechain or even on liquid? You know, why do you need to do this on uh, with your own token? Who got the pre-mine? Let's get more serious. Let's get more specific. Who got the pre-mine? Where's the balances? Where's the list of names? Where, who's your VCs? How many did they get? At what price? And so who got the pre-mine and why won't they dump on me if I buy your token? What's preventing them from dumping on me? They'll, the smart guys have learned to answer this by saying, oh, it's algorithmic. You know, we you can't dump it instantly you have to go through a lockup period and yada 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 so they've learned to kind of talk around this but uh you need to ask that do you depend on a group of people devs for future promised upgrades or are you finished you know like i can download node software today on bitcoin and i can probably run that forever i think there's one point in like 2032 or something that they need to have a hard fork to change some integer number or some date or something like this. But other than that, you can just run the same software and they might have some sort of patch where it will be backwards compatible. I don't know. But Bitcoin doesn't have promised future upgrades. It's complete and whole by itself right now. So is there a group of people that you depend on for upgrades? These are just a few I came up with in several minutes. I'm sure you can think of many more. I suggest making a list in a doc that you can reference or even email to people. This will likely convey a knowledge level that you have a list like this ready to go. So it it will look good on you that you have a good amount of knowledge of this subject. If you have a list like this ready to just pop it out to them on email or pull it up on your phone while you're discussing with somebody about they love Cardano and you're like, okay, well, let's get into this. (laughs) Why do you need a blockchain? And that will convey a level of understanding and they probably will not engage with you. Honestly, you, you, you know, have to massage it to, to get them to go past the first question, but um, it will also expose them to some basic research questions they can pursue on their own. So you're helping the world by you ask them why they need a blockchain and they're dumbfounded. Uh, maybe they'll think I need to go and research this a little bit more. <laughs> you know? uh, why they are not, at least 
you know their intention. Or sorry, if they are not, at least you know their intentions. So anyway, that is it for this post. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Crypto is an affinity fraud on Bitcoin. Check out bitcoinandmarkets.com. You can sign up to become a free member and get the free weekly newsletter. You can sign up, become a paid member and support everything I do. I appreciate everybody that supports the content. Uh, Make sure you follow me on YouTube, Rumble, Twitter. Uh, Check out the telegram, t.me forward slash Bitcoin and markets. What else? Like, comment, subscribe. But you guys are cutting it up on telegram. So thank you guys on telegram for hanging out and having fun. I mean, we don't post just about Bitcoin. Like I posted this thing about, I saw this image this morning on Twitter about petroglyphs in the water off Vancouver. I posted, I said WTF and uh, point a couple guys on the, or was it just point point uh, pointed out that, uh, that this is already been debunked. So I don't know. It's fun. We ha- we have a lot of conversations about different things. I also posted in here about uh, some demographic type things like political views by of 18 year olds and how they have changed over the last few years and they're mismatching. So men and women have different spikes in different political ideologies in the last five years or so. So that's interesting. And we have a little discussion going on on that. But check out uh, the telegram t.me for slash Bitcoin and markets. Check out the website Bitcoin and and all that. All right, guys. See you on the next one. Bye.